Missing in Missouri is an investigative podcast dedicated to finding as much information as we can in missing person cases and ultimately find the truth. We've gotten tons of feedback about the podcast, and we want to start off by saying thank you. We appreciate the support of all of you. It means a lot to know you are listening, contacting, and supporting us. Today marks the 11th anniversary of Dana's disappearance. So for today's episode, we wanted to go back and clarify a few things and talk a bit about what we found so far. We've had many of you mention in comments or messages episode 2, Welcome to Sedalia, and how you were shocked by the crime stats, and many have said, that's not the Sedalia I know. It may not be the Sedalia you know, and I know it must be shocking to hear the stats. It was to us too. When we first visited Sedalia to look around and get a feel for the town, we honestly didn't feel uncomfortable either until we were in a certain area or part of town. And we didn't even know the statistics then. You know, if you live on the quote, good side of town, you may not realize what the crime is like in the part of town Dana lived in at the time of her disappearance. And these stats are from 2008, which we focused on primarily because that's the year that Dana disappeared. If you compare the violent crime rate in 2008 to 2017, the crime rate has dropped, but so has the US average for violent crimes. We wanted to give a better idea of the area Dana was living in at the time. Every town has their bad areas. No town is exempt from that. It may not seem dangerous, but when you look at Sedalia's crime rate, which is a city of about 22,000 people, and compare it to other cities with about the same population, Sedalia's crime rate is significantly higher and in some cases doubled. Comparing the crime rates for 2008 and 2017 by type, there's still not much of a difference. So like Morgan said, about the crime rates being still high, significantly high, when compared with other communities of that same population. The 2017 crime rate for Sedalia rose by 11% compared to 2016. For the last five years, Sedalia's violent crime consistently increased, while property crime did decrease. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to tell you about the types of crimes that they, they had. So crimes in 2008, the crime types, theft was 67.4%. Now that's a large chunk of the, of the pie. Burglaries were 18.8%. Assaults were 7.5%. Auto thefts were 3.7%. Robberies were 1.5%. Rapes was 0.7%. And arsons were 0.5 percent now in 2017 because that's the last year they have thefts were exactly the same 67.4 percent so those stayed the same burglaries did decrease to 14.3 percent now assaults rose assaults went up to 10.4 percent auto thefts rose they came up to 6.3 percent Rapes were 0.8%, robberies were 0.6%, arsons 0.2%. So, 
Sedalia's main crime is theft, which I believe could be associated with the drug problem of Sedalia. Now, Sedalia has a very large meth problem. According to an article in the Oklahoman in 2013, the Sedalia Police Department, along with other agencies, conducted a drug raid and they got one pound of methamphetamines off the street. Now that one pound of meth, its street value is $18,000. Those agencies estimated that between 10 and 15 pounds of meth is going through Sedalia per week. Now, when you factor what one pound is worth and you see that 10 to 15 pounds is going through, you get a number between 9.3 million and 14 million dollars a year of meth that's going through Sedalia. That is a lot of money. Agencies concluded that 80% of the drugs that are being seized is coming from different cartels, Mexican cartels. Now I think, you know, we all watch Netflix and we see the shows and all that. That's crazy though. To think it's right here in our backyard. I mean, it's just it's just nuts. So, I think a lot of Sedalia's crime is based because of drugs. Now, they are they do have a lot of programs that they're trying to help with getting people off of drugs. They have the first-time offenders where they issue you 120 days in jail and you go to a drug treatment center. So, they are trying to combat it. They've passed different laws, making it more difficult to get certain ingredients to make the drugs, here in the U.S. at least, it's making it harder. Well, and in the article it mentioned one allergy medicine specifically, that its main ingredient was the ingredient needed to make meth. And I believe the article said that Pettis County Mm -hmm. was the first county in Missouri to limit that because according to this article... You used to be able to just buy that allergy medicine by the case. Yeah, and and once they found out that that's how they're, you know, that's how people were making the drugs, they did. They were proactive with it. I can't say that they're not doing everything they possibly can because I think they are doing everything they can. But when you have drugs coming in from Mexico and it's in the amounts that it is, I mean, I mean millions of dollars per year. And that's just what we know. You know, it could be double that. Yeah, and that's going through Sedalia. Yeah, just through Sedalia. So it's going to like Jefferson City, Springfield. Kansas City, Lake of the Ozarks, everywhere. I couldn't imagine that much drugs going through a small town like Sedalia. So I think that's where they're focusing a lot of their police work on is dealing with the drug problem. And because if you get the drug problem under control, some of these crime rates will go down. But also, when you start to see your violent crimes going up, that's a problem as well too. Because now they're starting to see more assaults, more shootings, more stabbings, more homicides, more attempted homicides. It's, it's, it's just dangerous. Definitely. And I wanted to mention... Also with the article that in the description 
of this episode, we will link the site so you can go straight to the site and read it as well. I believe you may have to answer like a question or two to be able to read the article. That's what I had to do. But it'll be in the description box if you feel inclined to read it. And and honestly, it is it is something good to read if you do live in Sedalia. Or you, the area. Or the area around it. Because I think the more that you're aware, the better prepared you can be. And they are doing proactive work with trying to deal with this problem. But, it, you know, and it's not just a Sedalia problem. Oh, definitely it's not. everywhere. And the stats show that... They are getting, they're not busting as many meth labs. So I don't know if that means they're getting better at hiding them or if the police are just, you know, cracking down and people know, oh, well, we can't do it here. And I think that's probably what it is because a lot of the meth now is the clear crystal meth. Yeah. And that's when, you know, it's really pure and it's made, you know, it's high quality stuff. So, yeah. Something else that we want to emphasize and make clear for the sake of gathering information and talking with people and to help find Dana is that we do not care what she was into or had been into. We don't care anybody who's contacting us, what you are or had been doing. It doesn't matter if you're involved or had been involved with drugs and things like that. It doesn't matter to us. We're all here to do the same thing. And it's to help find Dana. We may not be able to find the truth of exactly what happened, but if we can just find her, that's going to bring more peace than having this mystery out there unsolved. I agree. We we are open-minded, I feel. I feel like you and I with everybody that we have talked to and continue to talk to, we always are telling them, look, we, we get it. Everybody has a past. And we have spoken to a lot of people that, you know, they're like, yeah, but, you know, I, I did this or I did that. And we have to reassure them that... I don't care. We don't care. You know, we're not, we're not here to judge you. We're not here to judge your past decisions. We're here to get the truth and the information. That's all. That's it. We're, Definitely. You know, we are not we are not perfect, but we just want the truth. And it shouldn't matter what your past is. If you're being honest and you are trying to do the right thing, it should never matter what kind of past you have. And I think you and I do that very well with not judging people. So I think it is good to reassure them that you can contact us. You can be completely honest with us because we're not going to judge you. Not at all. So there are a few things that I think just a quick overview that we wanted to give for those of you who this is your first episode listening to or just want a quick recap on everything. Dana disappeared October 4th, 2008. She was last seen, to our knowledge, at the babysitters Yes. in a red truck. Yes. Now she was also at a bar. It's now closed down called Malone's. And it was an anniversary party that they were having. For the bar. For the bar. Yes. So the red truck has really been consistent with almost everybody that we've talked to. Yes, it has. But, you know, and we've talked to a lot of people who said that the bar was crowded that night. Like, it was, the party even had to be moved outside 
because there are so many people. And whether or not you think you saw Dana, we would love to hear from you if you were at Malone's that night. Just to hear how it went, if you did see anything, even if you didn't see anything, we'd like to know what the atmosphere was like. When did people start leaving and things like that? Definitely. You know, maybe maybe you were leaving and you were driving when you maybe passed a red truck or anything like that. We'd like to hear from you. You don't have to give us your name. We have many ways for you to contact us. We have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think Facebook is really a good place to reach us. We can we respond pretty quickly most of the time to messages. You can also email us at missinginmissouri at gmail.com. And as promised, we now have a phone line set up for you guys where you can call us at 314-200-3673. You can leave a voicemail and let us know in your voicemail if you want your message to be featured on the podcast, like the recorded message. If not, we can always jot down questions and and things like that, and we can read them as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We and we have been contacted quite a bit after episode four by a lot of people. Yes, we have. Like it was, it was crazy because it was like episode four got released, and then our phones started blowing up with messages. Our Facebook blew up, and everything. So people are contacting us, and we really appreciate it because all the information you're giving us is very useful, and it helps to create a timeline. We would like to get in contact with the person of interest, the man from Georgia. We did find out who he is, and we would like to get his side of the story. If he would like to talk with us, please get in touch with us. We have, we have a few questions, and honestly, we just want to hear what you, you know, your side of it. Because we think that your side is very important. It helps create a better timeline. Absolutely. So, get in contact with us. We would love to hear from you. I also want to give a shout out to Solstice News for writing an article on Missing in Missouri. They did an amazing job. If you haven't already read it, you can find a link on our Facebook page, and we will also post a link in the description box. Solstice News is a blog revolving around reporting the latest news around the world we live in. Created and run by Jenna Lee Neff, Solstice News is a practice in independent journalism, bringing a new perspective to the ever-changing media landscape. Yeah, the article they did on us I thought was really good. They went above and beyond what they had to do with promoting our podcast and even even mentioning Dana and putting her, her poster up. You know, and they're based out of Arizona. So all the people over there are going to see this. They're going to hear about it. They're going to read it. And we're doing exactly what we wanted to do with this. We wanted to reach as many people as we possibly could. So that's a two thumbs up. So if any of you have any information that you would like to share or have any questions or just want to call us and say, hey, you guys are doing awesome or hey, this is crappy, 
You know, you have many ways of reaching us. Facebook, email, the new phone number. And we really look forward to hearing from all of you. Absolutely. You know, I know this is uh, the anniversary episode. 11 years. And I think it wouldn't be right if we don't say all the great things we found out about Dana. The one consistent thing that pops up all the time that people always tell us. No matter if it was somebody that knew her before she met her children's father or afterwards. Was that Dana was an amazing mother. Her children were her world. Where Dana was, was her two kids. And I think that speaks volumes for what kind of person she was. She was a cheerleader, loved her family, and she was a great person. And I want everybody to know that Dana, wherever she is, is an amazing person. And we are going to still do this as hard as we possibly can to find answers and continue doing what we got to do and talking to the people we have to talk to. Which actually brings me to another point. If anyone who worked at Hardee's at the time that Dana also worked at Hardee's or any of her foster siblings are listening, if you could reach out to us and just talk to us, we have a few questions and we just want to get to know what Dana was like when you knew her then. Absolutely. So I feel we are four episodes in five now. And we've gotten a response that we never thought we would get. And I'm glad that we're getting this response because we're getting contacted by people all over Sedalia, all over the United States that want this case solved. It's giving us renewed faith. Definitely. So if anybody has any information regarding the disappearance of Dana Bruce, you can contact the Highway State Patrol. If you don't feel comfortable contacting them, you can always call us and leave us a voicemail. You can send us an email or you can message us on Facebook. And that phone number again, which I'll also put in the description box, is 314-200-3673. I'm Morgan. And I'm Zach. This is Missing in Missouri.